baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Well, good evening, Merry Christmas, and welcome to the John Whitmer Show, sponsored by Wink Hartman and the Hartman Group of Companies. Very happy that you joined us here this evening. A very Merry Christmas to you. Welcome to your local liberal resistance headquarters, where we proudly champion the core conservative principles of limited government, individual liberty, free enterprise, and traditional values. Thrilled to have you with us this evening. If you'd like to call in, our studio lines are open. You can reach us at 316-869-1330 by email at john at knssradio.com on Facebook and Truth Social at The John Whitmer Show and on Twitter at John R. Whitmer. Reach out. We'd love to hear from you. I'll give you a couple of uh, programming notes. We will not be with you next Sunday or the following Sunday as they fall on Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. But the John Whitmer Show will be back after the new year. And, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> as as you found out last Sunday, if you were listening, I, however, will not be hosting the John Whitmer Show when we resume back uh, after the uh, the little holiday break. In January, we will have guest hosts filling in since I announced that I am running for the Kansas House again. We will have fantastic slate of guest hosts for you starting i can tell you now our first guest host of the new year will be michael o'donnell he is a familiar name to many of you former county commissioner uh, former state senator and he will be our guest host to kick off 2024 we will have other guest hosts that we will be announcing but our first guest host of 2024 will be former county commissioner, former senator Michael O'Donnell. So that that will be fun, I guarantee you. We will have some listeners. I will be here. I'll be in the studio. I will still be producing the show, but I will not be on the microphone so we don't have any accusations of election interference or favoritism or you know any more exploding heads on the left. But in the meantime, we have a great show planned for you this evening. Speaker of the House Dan Hawkins will be with us to preview the 2024 legislative session and respond to Governor Kelly's most recent proposal to expand Medicaid. John Luth, the Deputy State Director for AFP Kansas, will be with us to discuss whether 2024 will finally be the year that Kansas ends civil asset forfeiture and protects people's constitutionally guaranteed property rights and due process. That would be a first Representative Christy Williams will join us to discuss the reason why a legislative committee this week ordered a limited audit of two school districts to determine whether their spending complies with state law. And State Treasurer Stephen Johnson will walk us through a new program. It's a bipartisan campaign launched last week to help individuals with intellectual and developmental disabilities. And, of course, we'll be taking your calls 
at 316-869-1330. So we've got a great show planned, and I'm looking forward to hearing from you. So call. Make sure you call in because this uh, this will be a while until I will be back with you behind the microphone. And as this is our final show of the year, and considering next Sunday is Christmas Eve, I thought it would be appropriate if I shared with you a Christmas message this evening. I thought it would be appropriate to bring you a a Christmas message, a John Whitmer show Christmas story, shall we say. But considering it is 2023, and considering that we have a president who nominated Supreme Court justices who couldn't define what a woman is, and we have university presidents that won't condemn anti-Semitism on college campuses, I figured if we're going to read a Christmas story, we had better read a politically correct Christmas story. So that's what we're going to do. "'Twas the night before Christmas and Santa's a wreck. How to live in a world that's woke and politically correct. His workers no longer want to answer to elves. Vertically challenged, they're now calling themselves." And labor conditions at the North Pole are alleged by the Union to stifle the soul. Four reindeer have vanished without much propriety, released to the wilds by the Humane Society. And Santa's whole workshop is empty, no one under the dome. Due to COVID, all employees are now working from home. The runners have been removed from his magical sleigh. The ruts were termed dangerous by the EPA. Second-hand smoke from his pipe had his workers frightened. His fur-trimmed red suit has been called unenlightened. And to show you the strangeness of life's ebbs and flows, Rudolph is now suing over unauthorized use of his nose. So half of his reindeer are gone, as is his wife, who suddenly said she's had enough of this life. She's joined a self-help group, packed and left in a whiz, insisting now her preferred pronoun is Ms. So Dasher and Donner, Comet and Cupid, were replaced by non-binary gender-fluid geese. You know that looks stupid. And people had started to call for the cops when reindeer sled noises were heard on their rooftops. And as for the presents, why he'd never heard the option that gift-giving could have so much commotion. Nothing of leather, nothing of fur, which meant nothing for him and, of course, nothing for her. Nothing that might be construed to pollute, nothing to aim, certainly nothing to shoot. Nothing that offends that would be just horrific, and certainly nothing that's gender-specific. No candy or sweets, they're bad for the tooth. Nothing that seemed to embellish a truth. And fairy tales, while they're yet forbidden... And now, like Mr. Potato Head, better off hidden. For they raised the hackles of those psychological who claimed the only good gift was one ecological. No baseball, no football, someone could get hurt. Besides, playing girls' sports nowadays, we expect to see boys wearing skirts. So nothing for just girls and nothing for just boys. Santa was no longer allowed to make gender-specific toys. So Santa just stood there, disheveled, perplexed. He couldn't figure out what to do next. He tried to be merry, he tried to be gay, but you've got to be careful with that word today. 
His sack was quite empty, limp to the ground, nothing really acceptable to be found. But despite his foul mood, he went straight to his work and filled all the stockings, then turned with a Joe Biden. And laying his finger aside of his nose and giving a nod, up the chimney he rose. He sprang to his sleigh, to his team gave a whistle, and away they all flew like the down of a thistle. But I heard him explain, exclaim as the exploiter of elves, Happy Christmas to all, but please get over yourselves. With us now is the Speaker of the Kansas House of Representatives, and who knows, you know, maybe maybe my future boss, you know, second to my future constituents, perhaps. But Dan, uh, Merry Christmas, brother, and it's nice to have you back on the show, my friend. Good evening, John. How are you, I, uh, sir? I am doing fantastic. I was uh, I was kind of it was kind of a downer listening to that uh, <laughs> that poem thing that you did a while ago. I was just kind of really bombed after listening to that. My politically correct correct was the night before yeah. Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, nowadays, you know, I I say Merry Christmas, but heck, half the time you you're not allowed to say that anymore. It, it's just. I, yeah, and it's it sad. Yeah, it's really it's, sad. I do too. I always say Merry Christmas. Me too. I, stop. I, I, I say it every day I can. I figure if I don't take offense where offense isn't meant, and if I offend somebody by saying Merry Christmas, well, that, that's on you. That's not on me. Yeah, exactly. I'm not meaning to hurt anybody's feelings. So, you know, that Dan, is true. I, I got to ask you because I've been seeing the governor's. Uh, ad nauseum tweets, and we know, you and I both know, she's not doing her own tweets. So the taxpayers no doubt pay a staffer to sit there on her Twitter feed and send out this malarkey. But it seems like every day yeah. she's got a half a dozen tweets. Medicaid expansion's this. Medicaid expansion's, you know, save this, save that. Uh, Medicaid expansion's going to solve Kansas's drought problems. I mean, it's, you know, Medicaid expansion's going to solve the war in the Middle East. Medicaid expansion is going to end... You know uh, the the plagues. Uh, I mean, you name it. Her her solution to everything is Medicaid expansion, and now she's come up with this quote unquote Medicaid expansion plan that answers every single thing according to her that Republicans say is wrong with Medicaid expansion. So I'm just going to put it to you: Is that true, or is that just another of her gimmicks? That's another one of her gimmicks. Uh, it's not true. Uh, all you got to do is just look at one piece of it, and that's the work requirement. Quite frankly, everybody would love to have a work requirement. However, you know, the federal government, um, uh, the Biden administration has literally um, stopped every single work requirement was out there. Actually, during, uh, during the Trump administration, there were work requirements being put in place, uh, but once once uh, Biden took over, he did away with them all. Right. Uh, so so when she says any- that's in her bill, she knows full well that if, if let's say, uh, you know, you went out and smoked some wacky weed and all of a sudden you decided to pass this thing and, and then it goes to her, she signs it, it goes into law. The first thing the feds are going to do is take that out, right? They're going to disallow that. Absolutely. And she knows it. Yeah. So it's disingenuous in its core. It is very disingenuous, but that, but but that's not uncommon for our governor. I mean, that, that's what it, it, there's so many smoke and mirrors in so much of what she does, and, and it's all sound bites uh, that plays to uh, 
people who were uninformed and they believe it. Right. Um, and they believe this. You wouldn't believe the number of emails I've gotten in the last oh, couple of days since she announced that about how I needed to pass Medicaid expansion. And quite frankly, uh, once you start telling people or talking to people and explaining to them what Medicaid expansion is, uh, that the uh, the amount of people who, who desire that to continue uh, slips rather precipitously. Well, once the, so it the goes two down things, very fast. The two things that I always tell people are the, are the, the, the first core, which is able-bodied, single adults without yeah. children that that they never they never remind you that and the other one is no. the fact that it'll push everybody who's currently on the wait list which is a massive list it'll push all those people even further to the bottom of the list so well, it will and it'll cause and it'll cause an even huger problem with access to care uh, they, they 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 don't understand that number one doctors don't want medicaid right Medicaid medicaid pays them very little and so doctors limit the amount of med- medicaid they take Let's throw let's throw this 150,000 people out there that they talk about uh, onto Medicaid expansion and see how how it limits the you know the amount of uh, services that are rendered out there. It's going to be it's going to be a tough place to be, uh, and people don't understand that. And and quite frankly, I, I understand that they they uh, they don't know all the ins and outs, and that's the reason why I try to impart as much knowledge on, on people as I can about what this would do. Well, and that 150,000 figure, that's the other disingenuous part of her claim, because you and I Absolutely. both know that every state that has expanded Medicaid has seen massive overestimates in their figures. And I've seen projections for Kansas that go up to 300,000, some as to up to 220 yeah. percent. So it could be upwards right. of 330,000 Kansans, not the 150 that she's estimating, which means that the costs would not be covered by her whatever math gimmicks that she's come up with. Yeah. Yeah, so so her her new gimmick is is to tax uh tax uh you know the the hospitals pay a a a, a tax. So they're going to increase the tax on the hospitals to pay for this. Well, who pays that tax? Yeah, thank you. Thank Everybody you. Everybody that Patience. uses a hospital. Right, exactly. Yes. Yeah, so if you think it's free, it's not free. You know, every time you go to the hospital, you're going to be paying for it. You, you know, people just, this is just, this is a, a, this is truly the worst Medicaid expansion is a gimmicky one. And this one's very gimmicky. It's got, it's got more gimmicks in it than Carter has pills. So are you, you know, because I've heard the calls, and obviously they're from people like John Dahl, who's the quintessential Republican in name only. I, I, I've even seen some of our, what, what you would call friends on the, on the right, who are now getting a little squishy on this. There's no chance that, I don't think the Senate even, even wants to look at this thing. There's no chance that the House or the Senate takes this malarkey up next year, is there? Not, not this next year. No, I, I don't see it either. I, you know, our our uh, votes haven't changed. Um, we still, but I would I would say there's probably maybe out of 125, there's 50 votes in the House for it. So not nearly enough to get to uh, a majority. So well, and no, that's I the point see, of not taking a vote. Whatsoever. That's the point. That? Of, that's the point of not bothering to take a vote. You know, people say, well, why? You know, that you're being an obstructionist or leadership is being the obstructionist, there's no point in running it and going through the efforts and putting people 
and, and legislative affairs and making all the staffers and spending the taxpayer money on a vote when everybody knows it's going to fail? What's the point? Yeah, that, well, they just want to do that. I mean, that's the governor. The governor, right. the governor wants to vote on it every day of the week. I mean, she just wants she she wants votes on it. It's not going to change anything, though. Uh, there there are so many problems with it, and quite frankly, I don't have time. You know, I, I can spend an hour of your time hour. I can I can actually <laughs> take up your whole two hours. Well, you know, uh, experience. we're we're going to have guest hosts starting in January. You're welcome to be one. We could set that up, and I think you can. They have to do that. I, you know what? There we have it, folks. There, I think we just had a volunteer for a guest host. I think it'd be a great idea. We're <laughs> we're talking with the Speaker of the House, Dan Hawkins. So, Dan, talk us about 2024. What can you got? This the legislative session that's going to start here. What the second week of January, basically. Uh, yeah, what January can 8th. what can folks expect? What are you guys? What's your you know your your bucket list of items that you want to do and what you want to take up in uh, in the next session? Well, one of the first things we want to take up, of course, is is to get our tax plan teed back up. You know, that was probably the the biggest disappointment we had last year yeah. was not being able to pass our tax relief plan. Uh, the governor, the governor who talks about tax relief, but then she vetoes it, and and she'll probably veto it again. I mean, I, I expect her to. Uh, we'll we'll get back probably within the first two weeks, and we'll get a tax package teed up ready to go, get it uh, across both sides, send it to the governor, and see what she does. Uh, I, I would anticipate if she continues her her current march, she'll probably veto it, which which is okay. Then we have to figure out what do we got to do to get uh, a veto override. And we, and we just we got to do that. We have to get there uh, so we can continue to work on, on taxes. So that's going to be the very first thing we do. Um, Property taxes. We're gonna we're gonna be working on a uh, on a bill to uh, repeal the LABTR and then to take two mills off of our uh, twenty mills that we have for our our, our education. Um, so that'll give direct property tax relief to everybody in the state of Kansas. We want to get that done. Uh, it's not going to hurt education because we'll backfill the the amount we take out. We'll backfill that with SGS, so it's not going to hurt education. It's not going to hurt the formula. Everything will be just fine. Uh, so those are two of the uh, biggest things that we'll do. You know, budget's always an issue. We, you know, you know that's the one thing we have to by by uh, um, statute or not statute, but constitution. We have to pass a balanced budget. Right. Uh, one of the things that's going to be kind of cool this year is. Is I went to the governor and I asked the governor to speed up the process of us getting the budget to where we don't wait three weeks of session before we actually start on the budget. And the governor has been uh, actually very good at working with us on that. And, and I think we will have maybe not the full budget uh, the first week there, but we will have a good share of the budget to where we can get started to work. Um, and I'm looking really, I'm really looking forward to that. So our budget committee could really spend more time uh, studying this stuff instead of passing it in one or two days. So, well, you, I know that one of your goals as well is to get in, out, and done because you guys are all gearing up for an election cycle. So that's one of the keys as well. Is is you've got fundraising to do, you've got an election cycle, and that's got to be front and center because we know that Laura Kelly has got her. 
you know, little fake Republican pack that she's raising money towards. And that's got to be on the voters' minds, too. They've got to be very conscientious about making sure that they're supporting Republican, conservative Republican candidates up and down the ballot because it's a very thin majority to maintain that constitutional majority. And we need to make sure that we're getting up, we're getting motivated, that we're helping candidates like you and candidates up and down you know, the state in these key battleground districts in order to keep that constitutional majority. This next year will be a very key uh, election cycle. We always say this is the most important one in history. Well, I believe it actually is uh, from a lot of different standpoints. Uh, we have we have, certainly have a presidential election going on, and that's very important that we elect the right president. The one we got right now doesn't even know where he's at. Um, <laughs> You know, we need we, we we've got all 125 House members, all 40 uh, Senate members up for election, and, and and you're right, the governor is going to be working against us. She's actually um, trying to recruit moderate Republicans to run against us. She's trying to recruit Democrats to change from re, from Democrat to Republican to run in our primaries. So our governor, our uh, Democrat governor, is wanting to play in the Republican primary, which is very interesting. I don't think anybody's ever seen that happen before. But then again, we've never had a governor like Laura Kelly before. So No, and maybe um, this is how she defines being middle of the road. Maybe this is her idea of middle of the road. Who knows? Yeah, it's not, not, uh, gonna, that's, that's an interesting way of being, being middle of the road, that's yep, for sure. It is. Dan, I appreciate you, brother. As always, uh, we're, we're thrilled to have you on the show if folks if folks want to stay in touch with you you've got your majority record that's your newsletter what's the best way for folks to sign up for that uh go to dan hawkins kansas and kansas is spelled out so danhawkinskansas.com at the bottom of that page that landing page is a place where you can fill out the uh subscription uh to get that newsletter every week Brother, I appreciate you, my friend. Have a very Merry Christmas, and I'm going to take you up on that offer to fill in as a guest host uh, next year, all right? That'll be fun. Thank you, sir. Merry Christmas, my friend. Happy New Year to you as well. Merry Christmas, John. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Uh, is that I'm, I'm looking here at the screener information, Andrew, is that is when I see wink here, is that wink as in? You know, the boss? Well, fantastic. Wink, wink, thank you. Uh, thank you for holding, Mr. Hartman. Nice to have you on the show. Merry Christmas. Hey, Merry Christmas to you, John. It's, uh, I'm, I'm excited to be on the show. Well, you know, you may be on the show a little more than just the occasional phone call <laughs> coming after the first of the year. We, I, I did share with our guests that the first guest host that we're going to have in January, which which I have already had two uh, emails on is Michael O'Donnell, but um, I can share with the uh, with the audience that you're going to have a guest host for us as well in 2024, correct? 
You bet. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to, well, with my, I don't, I hate to follow Michael McDonald because <laughs> he might up, up just a little bit, but I'll, I'll do what I can. I think, you know, what people don't know about you, you used to host a radio show here in Wichita. <laughs> You've got a great memory, or, or somebody wrote that down for you. No, no, I remember. I It was like Wednesdays with Wink or something. I mean, I remember you were pretty good on that. Wasn't it on KQAM across, across the street from us over on the other side of town? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was Wednesdays with Wink. Uh, and, you know, quite frankly, I really understand your dedication to the show you've been doing for so many years because it gets in your blood pretty quick. And I, I got to the point where you know, I just could hardly wait for Wednesdays to come around. So I had another, you know, another chance to be on there. It's fun. I mean, that is the one thing. I mean, obviously I'm looking forward to campaigning again. I'm looking forward to getting back. Well, I've been out there door knocking, but I'm looking forward to there are elements you like. You don't like fundraising that nobody likes fundraising, but you like talking to people you like, but this one of the things that I'm going to miss is this. I like the Sunday nights. I like talking to folks. I love taking phone calls. And you're right. It does get in the blood. And we've been very fortunate, uh, obviously, having people like you and our, our, our advertisers and having you know your company sponsor the show. You've been a longtime sponsor of the show. But it, you're right. It does get in your blood. And it is kind of fun. Well, it's just it's so topical. Uh, the, the guests you have on, be it local or national, uh, the information that you give your audience every Sunday, uh, some of it is, you know, a little bit on the grind, but yet most of it's very, very educational. It keeps your audience up to date on not only, well, the last guest, uh, Dan Hawkins, about funding the schools and taxes and everything. That's very, very important to all Kansans. Uh, let me ask you, I know that you and your better half spend some time of the year, at least part of it. I know you've got a house in Florida, but the bulk of your time, I know you live out uh, just out here out the outskirts of Wichita but I know you've got a home in Florida as well we've got two obviously the front runner but we've got two presidential candidates both of whom you know <laughs> have reside in Florida from that perspective from somebody who lives you know has a home in Florida you spend a fair amount of time down there so does Libba what do people in Florida think i mean are they is is Florida baked for Donald Trump are they is it a Ron DeSantis state What's your take on it from that perspective? What do your neighbors say when you're down there? Well, it's really interesting. Uh, watching the governor here, DeSantis, uh, for the last several years, he has an advantage that uh, we in Kansas, the people there, the state legislature, a Democratic governor, uh, DeSantis has a total Republican legislature. He has the majority. So his great ideas down here have been passed relatively easily due to the control he has at the state house. So he's done a lot of good for a lot of people in the state of Florida. But the other side of that coin is uh, Trump has been tested internationally, right. foreign policy, the border. Uh, you know, the list is on and on and on. So I think that right now the majority of the people, well, a, a larger percentage, even in Florida, I think, are leaning towards Trump. But as we all know out there, we're going to have to kind of, you know, hold, hold, hold the trigger a little bit. And let's see uh, all the all the terrible things the Democrats are doing to him in court. I know. In fact, I, you and I were talking the other day. You mentioned you're opening another Jimmy's Diner. Uh, you, I noticed not too long ago you sold Hartman Arena, but I know you've got other interests. Obviously, the construction companies, the oil companies, the banks, other things like that. 
looking at, at the economy and oil in particular, what do you, what's your forecast? If you had to give a, a hint, because I haven't had Steve Miller on or Steve Moore rather on in a long time. Uh, what's your prediction on 2024? Because it's hard to gauge. Back, I could have, last year I was thinking recession. Now I'm not so sure. Well, oil is, as, as you know, is a, a topsy-turvy world. It's a very, very difficult business to, uh, to be in and to stay in. But yet, I'll go the first quarter through uh, 24. The first quarter, I think you'll see a softness in oil uh, price. I think gasoline will probably may go down a little bit further, but I think it'll stay relatively calm short term. I, I think our exposure depends on the economy of China. Uh, it depends on the first uh, ship they sink at the Red Sea. You know what I mean? Right. If, if they started oil tankers, well, you know, the sky's the limit. But I, I think the first time you're going to see noticeable increase in oil is going to be the summer. And like is, that, is that cyclical, or do you think that's because there's actually going to be what, – what prompts that? Well, I think this time around, if I put on my banker's hat, uh, I'm, I'm betting that the, uh, the government is going to take and decrease uh, interest rates probably at the early second quarter, give or take March, but someplace in there. And I think there is a chance for maybe two more reductions in 24. So – that's nothing but a positive sign. When you start reducing the, the, the amount of capital you can borrow at a better interest rate, that's going to put more people on the roads, more manufacturing, more more everything. So, I, I think oil is going to. It's you know it's it's low right now, comparatively speaking, to the last year. But I think in the summertime, interest rates start going down, people start buying homes again, and I think you'll see the economy start to move, and hopefully China will move along with it. Well, and the other thing, it's an election year, so so much is is affected by that in washington i mean it's the same way it's state wise you know they get uh, politicians get hesitant they don't want to vote on anything controversial candidates don't want it because they've got you know it's now it's all about how do i get reelected, and i think that's going to be a factor because you've got a presidential cycle in like in kansas all the state house and state senate guys are up for re-election that's all a big deal the only thing the only person not back on the ballot is laura kelly but her po- her policies are well yeah john well said uh Unfortunately, she is term limited, but yet her policies are – some of them are very entrenched, and it's going to be very, very difficult to to rearrange uh, the thinking in Topeka. It's going to take strong leadership, people like yourself. Uh, you're in the district – House District 93, I believe. Correct, yes. Yeah. Well, uh, don't forget to fundraise. <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> uh, resist. Oh, no, that's okay. <laughs> Trust me. I, I've got a letter I think is uh, heading to your house, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Well, I don't know. My, my postman's not very dependable. <laughs> I know where you live. I'll hand deliver it. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, what the heck? Well, I know you know. Very serious. We need more conservatives. Uh, I consider you the real deal. Thank so, you, sir. You know that's what I mean? Very nice. That, that's the type of leadership we need in Topeka. Thank you, sir. I, that is very nice of you. That's very nice of you to say. Well, I thank you. I didn't expect this. Uh, thank you for calling. That's very nice of you. And again, thank you for agreeing to be a guest host. It's we're going to start rolling out who the guest hosts are going to be here uh, over the next few weeks. And we'll start get letting folks know who our guest hosts are going to be in 2024. And I'm glad that we you, you called in so we could share that you're going to be one of them. Because I think people are going to be fascinated to call and talk to you. Because I don't think a lot of folks, you know, had that, had that chance since you were a candidate. And I think, frankly, people will love the opportunity to call and talk to you. Well, I hope so. I hope a lot of people will call in because I'm like yourself. I really enjoy uh, the diversity and, you know, different people, different ideas. So I think it'll be a lot of fun, and I'm really looking forward to it. 
And that said, congratulations on all the years uh, you've been so good on the air. Uh, really appreciate you. Thank you, boss. I, 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 and I call you that because I've worked for you for years back in the day, and I appreciate you. Merry Christmas to you and Libba, and have a happy new year, and I'm sure we'll be talking again here soon. Okay, buddy. Thank, thank you to all cancer. Thank you, sir. Ray, thank you for sticking around. Merry Christmas. You're on the yes. John Whitmer Show. Yes, uh, good festive music there. That's always a thank, Well, I take no credit for that. That's uh, that's our uh, our producer, uh, Andrew, who does that. So I, I can take well, no credit for that. He is on top of his game. He is. He is on it tonight. He's on it every night. Yeah. But. So anyway, you and Dan Hawkins were talking, and towards the end of the segment, you brought up that uh, Governor Kelly is going to try to directly interfere with uh, yes. the Republicans' pick? What she's done is she has created a pack, and I can't remember what like what she's called it, if it's uh, one, of, one of my legislator friends who listens to the show, or if Dan is still listening, he can text me. But she's got a pack that she has put together, and the Democrats aren't too happy about it because she's actually siphoning money out of what would normally spent to help Democrats into this pack. And it's, I don't know if she's called it the mainstream pack or the middle of the road pack or something like that. Yeah, there it is. Leo Delperdang just texted me. It's the middle of the road pack. And yes, what she's going to do, right. Stuff. Oh yeah. 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 The middle of the road pack. That's how, but what she's going to do is she's going to take that money and that's Democrat money. And she's then going to try and find Republicans Literally, Republicans in name only. So she will find Republicans who will vote with her, vote with Democrats, Uh and then or or she'll get a Democrat who will change their party affiliation, register as a Republican, and then run in those districts. And the hope and then she'll back them with money in the hopes that they can and let's be honest, what they're gonna do, lie to the voters and spend enough money lying to voters in the hopes that they can sucker the voters into voting for one of her candidates. Well, see, they they are morally bankrupt. Of course. Because they have to interfere with the other team. Sure. They they can't support their own stuff and make it work, so they have to blow your candle out and make it a little darker. But that's what they do. And and the reason she's doing this is because she has tried, in particular – in the case of Medicaid expansion, she has uh-huh. she has spent going on seven years trying to sell this, and she can't sell it. And people, the people of Kansas aren't buying it. And since she can't get it legally or with the regular rules, she's going to just try and change the game. She's moving the goalposts. And what what you guys, and when I say you guys, I mean voters, have to do is don't fall for it. Vet your candidates. If you've got a candidate yeah. on the ballot that everybody in the in your town knows has always been a Democrat, and all of a sudden they're showing up and they're claiming, because you know they're not going to claim to be. They're going to say everything they need to say in order to come across as a middle-of-the-road Republican who's reasonable and supports, you know, you know what their talking points <laughs> are going to be. I support fully funding schools. Well, so do I. I think we need to fully well, yeah. fund schools. I just don't well, think... you need a definition I, of no. what fully funding is. I think we should fully fund schools. I just think that money should go to the classroom. Yes. You know, but yes. I just that's all. I just think we should be accountable for our spending. Frankly, I think the legislature should be accountable for their spendings, too. 
but they're going to say another good example. There you go. But I think the, they should be. They're going to say they they want to fully fund schools. They're going to say that they believe that people deserve health care. Oh, they're going to say you know they believe they're they're going to say all the right things to pretend to be something they're not, and hope and, that they can lie and deceive enough voters. And they present themselves as taking care of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And then what they'll do is the minute they get elected, they will vote with the Democrats 100 percent of the time. (laughs) They'll vote on abortion, gun control, raising your taxes, whatever Laura Kelly tells them to do, because that's who got them elected. I think it's a really cowardly and quizzling way. Of Of course it is. It's just trashy. But that's what they do. And that's fine. And we're ready for it. And and, but, you know, if, if you can't door knock, if you can't. Get out there if you're not if you're if you're not uncomfortable making phone calls for a candidate, then write a check. That's what I tell folks. You know, yeah. write yeah. a check to a conservative and help them out. And Ray, thank you for calling, brother. I appreciate you. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app, the biggest sports radio stations in the country, providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams, all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives. Streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.